Welcome, reporting to you live on Zoom. You are listening to Chais and Chisme, a podcast brought to you by the world of Feriela. I'm Daniela, aka Ella, reporting to you live from the Sirena Oasis. And I'm Jennifer, aka Fed, reporting live from the Pink Palace. We're back. I know it's been so long, guys. It's been so long, um, but we are so glad to be back. And this episode is going to be all about kind of like what's been going on when you guys are seeing this. Well, actually, when we're recording this, it is now July. And the last Mm -hmm. time you heard from us was in March. um, And we needed to take a break during this Mm -hmm. time, a very much well-needed break uh, because life was just happening. And that's just kind of what was going on. Yeah, honestly, I, when you said that right now, that you were like, oh, the last time you guys saw us, I was like, even like in March, I was like, in March? April, oh my May, goodness. June, July. It's been four months. It's been four months. We haven't seen each other in four months. <laughs> like, I mean, like you guys, I haven't, we haven't seen you guys. What do you guys look like? What What have you changed? <laughs> what is How your hair like? Yes, <laughs> as you can see, we have fun hair. I had this before. You guys got to see it one time before we left, um, but it was like a different tone. I actually just dyed it this week and next week I'm chopping it because she's getting long and she's da- damaged. She's, she's a little damaged because uh, I be fucking with hair color, you know, um, yeah. and then Bay's hair um, has some blonde in it. It does. You guys can't tell because of my lighting. Uh, we will, wait, we'll to that in a second. Um, but there are some little blonde streaks in it. You guys did get to see it, I think, the last time. But it was, I think I had it back, too. I didn't really show it too much. Um, I had, like, some dark pink highlights going on, which are pretty cool, which I've now faded and everything. Um, and I'm just keeping the blonde for the summer. So, yeah, like, that. that's what's going on with my hair. That's the only difference. Every Oh, just kidding. The only difference. <laughs> With so many things happened. So many yeah. things happened in mm-hmm. these last few months. Um, but before we dive into all of that and how crazy vidas paralelas our life always is, um, mm-hmm. how, how are you doing this week? It's the first week of July. We are in summer. Things are kind of going back to normal. How are you doing? I'm doing um good. I'm actually doing pretty well. Uh, I had a little moment this uh, week where I was like, Pride month is over. And I was like, I was sad. And then I was like, wait. And my brain was like, Pride month is forever. So like, it's fine. And so I got over it. But that was probably the only little I know. Like, I, that that is a signal of a good week. If my only like little dip in my week was that Pride month is over, then I'd say it's it's a pretty good week. I've been having a pretty good week. I've been very productive. The week this week has flown by. Like, I'm just like, like. I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh my God, it's Friday already. It's, uh, yeah, I've had, I feel like I've been go, go, go this entire week. Um, so I feel a little scatterbrained. I'd say I feel okay, but a little scatterbrained because something that's like, uh, I don't know if I have, I think I have mentioned it on here before is that I always need transition time, especially if I have weeks that are jam packed and I'm go, go, go. Um, I feel like I always need some transition time or some alone time so that I can like recharge and be who like my brain can be all the way together but I haven't had a chance to have that too much this week because I've had my mind preoccupied with a lot of things so I feel like I've just been I'm a little scatterbrained so I'm all over the place (laughs) but besides that mentally and like emotionally I'm good just a little scatterbrained my week yes I'm bummed out that pride month is over I didn't really get to do anything externally pride monthy um but internally i was doing a lot of a lot of stuff um this week it flew by it 
flew by. Um, I think the highlight of my week was, um, you guys will have already seen all this content, but this week was the week that we filmed the We Dress Each Other um, challenge. And so we did like a casual look and a going out like date night type look, um, but like a fancy day. And um, we killed it, dude. The, the outfits were, it was so much fun to jump into filming content again and taking pictures and all of that stuff. And it was honestly the highlight of my week. The rest of the week, yeah, it like, it flew by. My mood has been very much a roller coaster the last few months. And this week it has been as well. So like today I just threw on a crop top and some sweats. I'm not wearing any makeup because I'm like feeling good in my skin, but also I didn't really feel like, um, I didn't feel like putting makeup on. I was like, I kind of like my skin today. I just threw some gloss on. I'm going to sit here. We're going to have a good time. We're going to chat. I'm having like a lazy feel kind of day. I think it's a like kind of like a feed my inner child kind of day and prep mm -hmm. for the weekend. Um, so yeah, I, I also helped um, my mom. I think I've mentioned here that my mom's a Spanish teacher, an AP Spanish teacher at the San Francisco School District. And after 33 long years, so older than I am, um, my mom has left San Francisco school district and has transferred over some transferred. Why did I say transferred, um, <laughs> got offered a job, um, closer here in the district that we live in because my mom's been commuting all of my life. And, you know, um, as <clears throat> we get older, our parents get older too, and it's time for her to have a life rather than just work. And so I'm like really, really proud of her. Cause I went to go help her clean out her classroom. I took pictures of her in her classroom. I took pictures of her in front of the high school. I died on the stairs of that high school because you got stairs to get up to the building. And then she's on the top floor and it's like, boom, 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 boom. And I was going up and down cause I was not letting her carry anything. And I died. It was a great workout. It was a great workout, but my legs still kind of hurt. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of been my week. And, and as right. you guys would expect, oh no, don't drop everything, Daniela. Oh no. <laughs> I my, will be having, story, by the way, <laughs> I will be having a mukbang while we're sitting here because guess what Daniela forgot to do again? She forgot to eat. Well, no, I didn't forget to eat. I just didn't have time to eat before. And we filmed these in the morning. So I'm going to eat bang. while we're here. This, okay. This is the, okay. Usually have breakfast. I usually have, um, I usually have the just a drink. I never have a snack. I feel like I want to bring a snack in here. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm like, what would be a really good snack to bring? Probably like popcorn. I think next time I'm gonna bring like a little bag of popcorn or something and eat. So that way you're not alone eating. I I personally love to eat in solidarity with people, even if it's just a snack. I because at least for me, I tend to feel um I don't know like more comfortable when somebody else is eating too. Uh, I don't know if that's just me, but like I always feel like I'm like oh like. Oh, if I want, I want to eat, but I don't want to eat for myself. So, like, uh, so I'm gonna bring a snack. I'm gonna start. This is now gonna be called the snacking show. Okay, we're all the just gonna be having show. a little bit of some ASMR, crunching on some stuff, munch munch. Um, also, what are you drinking today? What What do you have for us? I almost didn't have a chai. I did. I almost didn't have a chai because I've been drinking iced chais a lot lately. Mm -hmm. um, and I go into my fridge and my chai mix isn't there. And I'm like, of all days to run out damn it. But then I remember that I had my hot chai mix. So I am having a hot chai and I put a little bit of Nesquik because I love chocolate in it, some cinnamon, some pumpkin spice and chocolate almond milk to top it off. And she is delicious. What's on the mug? Is there anything What's on the mug? Yes, it is. I'm <gasps> going to be able to see that because it's so bright. Let me get it in closer. Yeah. It's Ooh, so we lovely. 
It's so pretty for those of you listening. And it's, it's a pale a pink. Swan. Yes, and it's a pale pink. It is my, I thought it was white, but then I went and got it close. I'm like, oh, it's a pale pink. Yeah. I got my usual mug here. To, um, it's an add to cart kind of day, aka it's an add to cart kind of life. Um, <laughs> I have that and I have my chai in here too. I almost didn't have a chai either because honestly, just by coincidence, I happened to buy more chai mix yesterday. And uh, I didn't even think I say scatterbrained, I didn't even think that I'm like, Oh, yeah, I need to buy it for the podcast. Just this morning when I made it, I was like, Oh, right. It's called chai and cheese, man. So I'm glad that I picked up some chai yesterday. So yeah, I'm also having a hot chai because it's kind of um like windy where I'm at. It's like windy and cold. So maybe halfway through this uh, podcast, for those of you watching, you'll see me throw on a jacket. Um, I don't have the usual blanket with me, but don't worry. Next episode, I am going to bring the blanket back because that's that's canon. That, <laughs> that's part of like chai's and cheese is me under a blanket. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys will also notice real quick as we're jumping into kind of like the changes, let's just uh-huh. throw the first elephant out of the room. Our setups look pretty freaking different. Um, yeah. I'll start I'll start with mine because mine isn't that big of a deal mm-hmm. um, I literally just moved sides of my room um, as you guys remember I used to sit like or maybe you didn't know what I was sitting on but I was sitting on a futon um, and in these last four months as I was going through a lot mentally I decided to get rid of that futon because it was attached to an abusive marriage and I wanted to rid myself of everything that was attached to that. So I sold it. I sold it. I bought a bookshelf. I have a lot of books here. I really love it. And so I'm just sitting in a different part of my room on this really cozy pop on. I didn't move. I mean, I didn't move. <laughs> you moved sides of the room. I, I love how you said that. <laughs> uh, I will say the pop on. Um, it's you really, I have seen the pop on before and it really is a piece it really is uh I was telling uh I was telling you actually before we started um recording is that I really love that you and I sit on our favorite pieces of furniture to film this uh or record this podcast because mm-hmm. I you guys can't tell let me move a little bit out of the frame for those of you watching um let me move this pillow out of the way ah so I'm sitting on this like white chair you well, mm-hmm. you really can't see I'm no. sorry <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm sitting on this white chair and it's probably one of my um, favorite pieces of furniture and we talked about attachment and furniture to like things I had this piece of furniture like since forever I've had it since I had since I moved to um, the first house my family bought when I was 11 and uh, yeah my mom just brought it home from work they were getting rid of it at her job and she was just like uh, oh do you want it and it's so pretty it's I don't even know how to describe it to you guys but it's my favorite chair it's like a white pleather um, and it's scratched and damaged because you know when I was 11 I wasn't out here taking care of furniture of course, so of I, course, scr- yeah. I scratched it and I messed it all up and now that's why I have a little like cover on it because <laughs> it looks bad but it's my favorite it's a very comfy chair and I held on to it for so many years just thinking you know what one day I'm going to like display this in my room and the day finally came and so yeah I love sitting in this piece of and this piece of furniture I kind of feel connected to like my inner child and like you know I know you were mentioning that earlier today too also another thing that you said that I was like yes yes it's super important is to like get rid of things that no longer serve us getting rid of things that no longer serve us that is a really like that should be a topic for like the future hell yeah because honestly I did a lot of that too because that okay so she moved sides of the room I moved in general. <laughs> I moved locations. So yes, if y'all are thinking, did she move sides of the room? 
what like what what where is she at i'm not in the original location for the pink palace it is the pink palace in here trust me we're yes. just at a, we're it's under construction right now we're just facing a different side of, of the wall and everything but yes we full-on moved locations my family and i uh full-on had to move and um the pink palace i was packed up and transported to this new location it's just i'm kind of figuring out my filming setup so you guys will see that um for those of you that watch the podcast just the the background at least on my end be changing a lot uh because i am trying to figure out my setup and how to get the essence of the pink palace to come through to you guys so that you guys feel like you're in the pink palace because i will say i don't feel like i'm in the pink palace it doesn't look like i am but um and let me tell you guys the pink palace has magical powers magical Mm -hmm. powers for me it is somewhere that I like to go to for my happy place. It makes me feel very, very safe. It makes me feel like a child, my inner child comes out because um, I, as a kid, I went through, like when I went through puberty, I was like super girly. Um, And that room really emulates that for me. Um, But yeah, so they moved. I'm really sad about it. Um, Honestly, uh, they're not that far, but, um, but, but I can't walk anymore. So I'm, I'm not happy about that. Because before I could just be like, hey, I'm down the street. <laughs> yep. I, I, uh-huh. I got to hop on the freeway sometimes. I want to go see you. I have to like get on the freeway and everything. And then I, that's new. That's new. I have the thing that I have to get used to too is that driving. Like, uh, I don't know if I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on here before, but if I haven't, I, I hate driving, guys. I that's hate true. driving. Um, I think that I'm bad at it, but I actually. I'm decent at it. At it. I'm decent at it. at it. Um, but I think I'm bad at it. And I think I think I'm bad at it is because I'm having such a bad time. I think that's what it is. I'm straight up not having a good time when I'm driving. Uh, I hate driving. I really hate it. And so I like to, if I don't have to, yay. I, I will choose not to. I used to live so close to a post office before. Mm-hmm. And I used to just be like, why am I going to move my car? Why am I going to hop in the car to go mail something? I would just walk down and go to the post office and mail my little things. And right now where I'm living right now, it, there's not things that I have to get. I have to drive. Like there's just nothing around me. It's just houses. And so I have to get up and drive and go places. Um, so... <laughs> It makes me like, oh, man. And so that's one of the downsides of like, I guess moving is getting used to things and just, uh, yeah, like getting used to things is part, part, I realize is a big part of moving. And I've moved around a lot my, but pretty much my like my whole life too. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I stayed in places for a number of years. Uh, like that home that I mentioned uh, that we previously owned when I was 11. I was there till I was uh, like 21. So I was there for a long time. So you see like, yeah. So yeah, so that is what, that's why the background is. And that's the biggest elephant in the room. Uh, I know you guys are like, but see, Rila Kuma made it over. Um, you know, all my little setup things were slowly getting there. And also now that I just turned my direction, I turned my attention here. Um, I want to show you guys something. I want to show you. I'm gonna do a, I don't have sock cam for you guys. I know, but we're coming in with a new segment plant cam <laughs> i have plant cam for you i'll think of a better name for that but i have plant cam and i want to share you with you guys uh a plant a so new one pretty. that i got yeah and because i think she really fits the theme of what we're going to be talking about um today and everything is that so let me show you guys let me put it up close to the camera for those of you watching wow she's so pretty in that cute little pink um why do i want to call it a mug it's a pot yes in that pot that's adorable what kind of plant Mm. is she 
So she is a Kalankoe, I think, or a Kalankoe. I don't know how, how this is pronounced. I say Kalankoe. So mm-hmm. um, she's a Kalankoe. And so she's blooming. And this is why I wanted to show you guys, because I think when something is blooming, it is important to be like, hey, look, look at this accomplishment. Uh, I'm about to, I'm okay. Fair warning for those of you listening. <laughs> I'm about to get plant spiritual on you guys. I really love plants. I have a like an emotional connection to plants. And I'm about to dive into that and get really plant spiritually. I'm going to sound nuts. Okay. So. I think when something is blooming, it is like an accomplishment. And so that's why when I saw her bloom, I saw she was blooming last week. I thought, okay, when we film the podcast, I'm going to bring her over and show the world so that the world can, you know, be like, wow, look at her blooming. My God. What that's an so beautiful. It's like kind of like your debut, right? So yeah. I wanted to have wanted her to have her moment and have her debut. So um, yes, her name is Alegria. Alegria. Uh, yes, I got her not too long ago. Alegria. So for those of you who don't speak Spanish, Alegria is, I want to say it's happiness uh, in Spanish, but I think that's incorrect. I think it's like joy. Is, it's joy. It's like a very, una alegria is a very like big happiness. It's like a, an intense amount of joy. It's a overjoy. And so I think yes. that that's why I like that name for her. And I'm, it's really proper that she's blooming. By the way, the blooms are like orange. And the reason why I brought a Kalankoe on here uh, is because I have like a spiritual connection to Kalankoe plants because my first plant, as you guys have seen on uh, our Instagram page, uh, World of Cariela, is, is a Kalankoe. My first plant uh, was, Val- her name is Valentina. I still have her. Mm-hmm. She's looking a little rough these days, but we're still pushing. <laughs> but when I first got uh, Valentina, she looked like this. She looked like tiny like this. And she also had a tiny little like flowers that were hidden behind her because this is hidden behind Alegria. Um, They're like were hidden behind and they were blooming and they were pink. And I remember that I was in a very also in a transitional part of my life when I got Valentina. And as things started to change for me and move and everything, Valentina started to bloom. And I felt like, wow, that we are so connected this way. And it's what a coincidence that I got. I got this one around May, like around Mother's Day. I have this thing for saving plants. Uh, <laughs> so the same way I got Valentina is the same way I got Alegria. Um, essentially, I went to Walmart and I saw the clearance section and I saw for Valentina, I saw a plant, like the only plant that was there and she was dying. The, pl- the leaves on top were all crusty and Aww. it was bad. And I got her and I didn't have any hopes. I was like, oh, well, if she dies, she's going to die here anyway. So I bought her. And Alegria, I found her in a section with a lot of plants. And the same thing, all the flowers are drying up. They're not really. So I like to save them. So I've got mm. one and I saved her and now she's blooming and now she's doing great. But yes, that spiritual connection to Kalankoe plants is that I realized that in the transitional points of my life, um, I tend to get them. And then when my life starts to kind of piece together and starts to move in a different direction, they bloom as well. So I, I believe that I have like a spiritual connection to Kalankoe plants. And so that's why I wanted to bring Alegria on here. I thought she really fit the theme. And I wanted to also debut her beautiful orange little flowers. Um, so yeah, she's just going to be chilling over here. On that side. is so <laughs> beautiful. I love the spiritual connection. I have a plant too. Mm-hmm, uh, let's see. I now uh, plant my feelings. <laughs> um, this <laughs> is Annalise, she is my, is she my newest? I think she's my newest. And she's like sprouting some more underneath. I don't think you guys could see. Actually, there, there, there's a new one underneath there. Very, she's very beautiful. I I love the pot she's in. Thank you. I have this tendency when I'm extra depressy to go to Ace Hardware and um, go look in their plants and walk out with a succulent. Um, And this one, she's called an Echeveria Elegance. So it's, um, I probably butchered that, um, uh-huh. but like also known as like a Mexican snowball. 
uh, because these are from Mexico. They originate from Mexico. Um, and I really love her. She looks so pretty. The like color said, is really beautiful. Yeah, her name is Annalise and she looks dusty, but she looks like a <laughs> like a dusty purple green blue. Yes. Uh, this like very smoky I should say smoky she looks smoky but smoky. yeah so this is and she she lives outside all of my plants live right outside of my window um mm -hmm. but since Bay was gonna bring in a plant I wanted to introduce one of my plants yeah and on some other day we'll have sock cam again ow I hit myself um oh. but we're not doing sock cam today and I'm gonna place right over here don't drop her Daniela don't drop her don't drop her oh I have that fear too <laughs> uh, as y'all know I am a klutz I already spilled food on my shirt a second ago so I didn't notice you were by the way guys for those of you listening Danielle's wearing white so you already know how sad that is <laughs> <laughs> you said it and I was like hmm she's right why am I wearing white <laughs> silly girl tricks up her kids what <laughs> tricks up her kids uh no like white is a magnet you will never spill anything on yourself until you're wearing white. Uh, not until like long ago, I bought a pair of white pants. Um, yeah, I don't own white clothing for that reason. Because white, I'm not somebody who spills, but I swear when I wear white, suddenly I become the person that spills. Suddenly I trip over everything. Suddenly the caps aren't screwed on anything correctly. So everything's like flying. So yes. my problem <laughs> is white is one of my favorite colors to wear. Um, but I on you. thank you. It makes my tan and my skin look so beautiful. <clears throat> but I no longer buy white pants or white skirts or white shorts because I am, I'm really just a little boy. I, I, I may look like very <laughs> feminine, but on the inside, I'm, I'm really just a little boy. I'm clumsy. I spill a lot of things. I don't really care about getting dirty. So white pants are not for me. Um, they're just not for me because there's not too many occasions that I can think of that I will go to that doesn't involve food, which would then involve spilling on myself because I can't seem to get the food in my mouth before it falls sometimes. So you'll see me like eating really close to food um, because <laughs> I'm such a little slob. <laughs> I know I'm 27. I should have it together, but yeah. I so can vouch for this. <laughs> So I guess let's go ahead and dive into what's been going on. Bay, do you want to go first or I can go first? Whatever. Oh, I don't mind. It's, it's up to you. Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll pick up where we left off because the last yeah. you guys heard was about me. Um, huh. And I, you know, like the last video we had was in memory to my uncle who passed away a week before my birthday in February. Mm -hmm. And we posted it in uh, March, right before the funeral. Uh, the funeral service was beautiful. It was really nice to see my family and my cousins and you know, they came over afterwards and that was great. But I, we took some time off because obviously I needed time to grieve, but then life just happened to both of us. And we determined that, um, it, this was too much work for one person. And this was also because I needed to step away for a moment. Uh, but this was also too much work for either of us right now. And we love WAF. We love Chais and Cheeseman. And a really important thing for us is to maintain that loving relationship with Chais and Cheeseman and with WAF. And honestly, if we had tried to stay on and push through everything that was going on in our life in these last four months, I don't think WAF would have survived because we were both in like, we both really needed to take care of our own stuff and handle our stuff. And obviously we talked still every day, but we needed to take a break from WAF so that we could um, 
heal and deal with the stuff that's going on with ourselves and then mm-hmm. come back when we're ready. And um, we've been waiting for this moment. We've missed this. It's been so much fun. Um, and it's, oh God, it's so good to be back. I love Chai's and Cheese I love Waff. It makes me so happy. Um, yeah, but okay. So I guess uh, there's there's a quite a few elephants in the room, which uh, some of you may know about, but I, uh-huh. um, my uncle died, right? Mm-hmm. So my uncle died and when people grieve, um, things come up, your past comes up, you start thinking about things, you start thinking about life. It's, it's a change that you think about. I still miss Chato dearly every day. Um, and I walk by his room all of the time. I was just, I just cleaned it out the other day. Um, but it had me thinking a lot about my life, who I am, what I want and who I want to be. And it, and it made me realize Chato passing away made me realize that I wasn't living a life that made me happy. And life is very precious and it, um, and I want to be happy. Right. And, and I was feeling good. Like, as you guys know, I struggle with my mental health. I have anxiety, depression, PTSD. I also have ADHD. So my mind is a fun place. Anywho, um, I was feeling really good in January and then my uncle passed and kind of just like a lot of things got uncovered. I, um, have been he- working on my personal healing for the last year. And I feel like after my uncle died, I realized there was a lot of things about me that I was doing that I was making myself miserable with. One of those is people pleasing. I choose to people please. And I was only making myself miserable. Another one was surprise. I'm not an extrovert. <laughs> Extroversion was a coping mechanism for me so that I wouldn't have to be alone with my thoughts. I'm actually an ambivert, which if you don't know what that is, it's kind of like a mixture of being introverted and extroverted. So I do like crowds and I do like to hang out with people, but I really, really, really also need time to recharge or I get very anxious. So I like a little bit of both. Uh, lately, I've been feeling way more introverted and that just has to do with kind of where I'm at with my mental health, I think, and with my life. But yeah, no, as we were, as all of this was happening, um, kind of a really big one that happened to me was that I realized that I don't want to dance anymore as a professional career. And that was a really hard decision to come to because as you guys know, I've been in school for the last year, but honestly, the way I looked at it is I'm going to keep doing my dance career and I'm going to also have this other career and dance maybe will turn into my part time. But I realized upon all of this happening that I resented dance and that it was making me very miserable, at least the life behind being a professional dancer and what that entails and everything that's required of me. It was just making me feel worse. And sometimes when I would go out social dancing, I would just disassociate the whole time. And although dancing was fun, every moment that wasn't dancing and just walking around was very, very miserable for me. And, um, I don't know. I just, I, I just started sitting there and thinking, and I was like, this is not a life I want to sustain into the rest of my adult life. Like I want to have a family at some point. And the way that I have to make this life succeed is not as friendly to what I would like my family to look like. And I felt kind of stuck and trapped with this career choice. Like I couldn't change. And because I, I had like a whole 15 year plan, you know, I had my life plan of how this was going to go, what I wanted out of this, all my dreams and my goals. I've always had my dreams and my goals set up and I realized I couldn't do it anymore. I just couldn't. And, um, so I ended everything. I, I 
ended my dance company. I ended teaching. I announced that I'm essentially retiring as a professional dancer. It doesn't mean I'm like going to stop dancing in the sense of like dancing for myself and dancing mm -hmm. as a hobby, but dancing as a professional career is not something I'm interested in doing anymore. And although it was really, really hard because again, I had to throw away my 15 year plan. And so now I feel super lost um, or kind of lost. Um, it was extremely liberating. It helped me so much because I was getting very anxious and very depressed and it made me feel like I don't give a fuck what people have to say about me anymore I don't care to keep this mask up because I realized as things were starting to open up and people were starting to do classes I realized that for this last year over a year in the pandemic the mask that I was wearing in front of the dance community who I dedicated my life to and in front of everyone else, but more specifically the dance community is, it was gone. And that wasn't actually me. It was just who I thought I had to be. And I didn't wanna put the mask back on because as I peeled the layers off, I really like who I am. And although I'm very depressed, like I, it's, it's strange because I experience great sadness and an intense happiness at the same time. And it's, I don't know how to explain that, but neither one of them affect the other, which is frustrating because I wish this would affect that one, um, which is happiness affecting sadness. But, um, but yeah, no, I just like, I realized that um, I want to live my life for me and that it turns out I'm taking a change of course. Um, I mentioned to you guys that I'm a sociology major and I'm still going to get my AAT in that, but I am going to transition to being a human, uh, human sexuality major because I want to be a sex educator and potentially a sex therapist. And it's something I'm very, very passionate about. And, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like one of the big ones for me. I, um, it's been a, a journey and I'm not going to say it was easy to mm. let go of my dream it was, it was very hard and um, it has been very hard uh, because it le left me feeling very disoriented and lost and it gave me all of this free time, which is nice because mm -hmm. now I could spend it with like friends and family, which I, I didn't have the time to do before. I, for years, I missed so many things, so many important things. I didn't see my friends. I didn't see my family often at all. Um, because I was just working. I was a workaholic and that is not healthy. And I was a perfectionist and I cared about what people had to say about me. I was a people pleaser. I struggled a lot with saying no to people. I let people walk all over me. Um, and it's time for me to take my power back and um, just stop caring, stop caring what people think and just uh, um, do what I wanna do. And so that's what I'm doing. And I'm currently in between jobs and um, as stressful as that can be sometimes, I try to remind myself that these last four months are only going to be a memory at one point of resilience, of how hard it got um, because I had to step away for a while because my mental health got really bad again. And um, I didn't feel like I was functional and I felt very stuck and I wasn't sure what direction to take my life in. And um, if I'm being extremely honest, I was having a lot of suicidal ideations again. Um, and it was just really bad. It was really bad. My, my 
emotions were up and down as I continued to work on my healing and my mind continued to reveal stuff to me, have me relook at past traumas and now see them in a new light that makes it worse, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a journey and I decided to finally start medication. And mm-hmm. so this would be my third week on medication. I this last month has been trips to the doctor's office, the psychiatrist, like everything, all the works. And um, it's been real rough because, um, but also extremely validating to meet a doctor, explain to them what's going on. You know, I've been with my therapist for four years almost and have that doctor immediately take it so seriously and um, want to get me like seen by someone that go to a psychiatrist and just I, I remember just hearing things because um, sometimes I get frustrated at the fact that I've only had toxic relationships in my past mm-hmm. and um, my psychiatrist said um, you know it because it, um, I, I, I mentioned that um, it's hard to recognize kind of like toxicity and all of that stuff and um, it's also hard to have healthy relationships mm-hmm. um, after you've been in toxic relationships because you just get triggered all the time and all that good stuff. And my therapist said, well, that makes sense because if you grew up in a toxic environment um, and you didn't have any example of like a healthy environment, then it makes sense that you would end up in another toxic environment because that's just uh, that's just what you know. So mm-hmm. um it was like very validating because a lot of the times when I think about all of my like really abusive relationships, I um, I blame myself for not being able to have seen it, for not being able to be like, why the fuck did that happen? Um, why like feel really stupid about it? And um, to have like doctors and therapists and psychiatrists just be like, um, no, it makes sense based off of like what your life is. It, it makes total sense that that's kind of like what happened. And um, I don't know, it makes me feel better about myself, but it's been a journey. It's been a journey. Please take care of your mental health guys, because I was not taking out as, although I do take care of myself, I had a hard time coming to terms with like a lot of things. Unfortunately, I have a ridiculous amount of trauma, um, but I also know that some people have it way worse than me. Um, But because I didn't take care of my mental health, I have IBS now, which stands for irritable bowel syndrome. And turns out that's something you can get related to depression. So now I have to take a bunch of pills outside of my antidepressants and my PTSD, ADHD medication. Uh, because my, I'm having a lot of digestive issues. My stomach hurts. I don't feel good in my body. So please take care of your mental health because it will start to affect other parts of your body. And, um, yeah, that's, I don't know. That's kind of the gist of what's been going on with me. What has been going on with you? Mm -hmm. But before we get and jump into what's going on with me, I wanted to say that, yeah, I totally can relate about feeling resentment towards things that you, I took notes, (laughs) I took mental notes, guys. (laughs) Feeling resentment um, towards something that you was really big in your life, like for example, a dance thing, right? I can like relate to um, 
to that feeling of feeling resentment towards something that you loved before. And then it becomes like part of your career. And then all of a sudden you kind of fall out of love with it. And it's really hard. It's really hard. I don't know, I don't know if our uh, listeners, viewers can relate uh, to falling in lo- out of love with something that you love so intensely. Um, the only time that I could say that that's ever happened to me was I, I've talked about this before on here about my love for makeup. And when I worked in makeup, that was probably the worst time. That's probably the worst that I felt about myself, the worst that I felt about the way I look, about everything. I just felt so bad about myself, even though I was working in something that I loved. I thought it was so fun. I had to take a whole, I took over a year break and it started off as a break from makeup. When I stopped working in the makeup industry, um, I took a break from wearing makeup for a year. I remember it started off as a year break. Like, okay, I'm just going to take a, a, like, I'm going to take a year break from makeup because I had to have to do my, I had to do my makeup full beat every single day. I just was tired of it. So I was like, you know, I'm going to take a break for a year. But that year bled into almost two years. I took a really long break because I couldn't motivate my, I felt resentment towards it. I couldn't motivate myself to want to put makeup on. That's the only, I could definitely relate to that feeling. And I, and I was also sad because I felt like I was never going to be able to see makeup the way that I used to before. I felt sad. I, w- I, w- I grieved that too. I grieved that. And then I also grew from it. So I totally can relate to you feeling both happiness and sadness out of an experience like that, because I, I definitely have felt that before. Um, and yes, as for uh, like medications and whatnot, definitely like that is a huge step, which like, you know, I've said it to you outside of um, like WAF and everything, but like, honestly, congrats on taking such a huge step and really prioritizing your mental health and your physical health. Because like you said, uh, the thing is, if you don't take care of your mental health, it starts to manifest in other ways because mental health is an issue that needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed because it, it, it finds its way. Yes, guys, it, it finds its way to get out. If that is through the way you act, if that is through giving you physical, um, you know, problems with your health, it finds a way out. And so I think that it's really important. I would say like, congrats, whenever um, I know, it's a little bit of a weird um, thing to say when people tell me that they start they start medication or something, or they start going to therapy, I always tell them congrats. And I feel like everybody's always like, taken aback by it. But I think it's super important to know that you need that professional help. And there's such a huge stigma about professional help. And it's uh, amazing, you know, because it's like, by you going to, you know, to therapy and like, you know, going on the meds and going to the doctor and everything, you by yourself, you alone are breaking down that stigma, you are making a difference. If even if it's just one person, you're making a difference, because that's one more person. And the more we all do that and normalize that, the stigma will hopefully one day, like, you know, go away. So yeah, I just wanted to say that about like thank what you. you say. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so take going on medications was a big thing for me because for mm-hmm. the people who didn't know, um, I've kind of been personally against medication this whole time. I really like, and that's not to say I wasn't really trying to take care of myself. I was. Uh-huh. It's just, uh, it's just very layered, and yeah. I, I had told my therapist before I'd like medication to be a last resort type thing. I rather try all these other stuff. Like, sorry, I was consuming weed, which has been very helpful, but eventually it was the motivation to get out of bed. That was hard. Like Mm -hmm. I have all of these things. I have a support system. I know what makes me feel better, but I got to a point where I couldn't get out of my bed to even do those things. And for Mm -hmm. me, that was bad because I would just lay in bed, 
damn near all day sometimes. Like I, I'd go days without showering because I just was like, it's such a simple thing, right? And like even just a body shower, but I just, I would go days without showering because I just, I couldn't, my room turned into a mess again. I was really, really sad. And I realized at one point that the furniture pieces in my room were holding a lot of sadness. Um, you know, I talked about the futon being um, related to my abusive marriage, um, which I honestly, it's very liberating to say that word next to marriage because I've been afraid to for so long. Um, yeah, it was an abusive marriage and um, I wanted to get rid of it because I felt like their energy was still there and it was still following me and I couldn't escape it. And it was just a very sad place too, because when I was married, I used to lay on that futon and cry and just cry for like the longest time. So there was a lot of sadness and, you know, I was living here, I'm living with my parents as y'all know. Um, and I was in my like childhood bed and, um, that bed has also seen me through every trauma that bed has held me as I cried myself to sleep. When suicidal ideation started for me and when I got depressed when I was 15, I cried in that bed, everything. That bed held a lot of sadness and it was time to go. So I sold my futon, I chopped up my bed into little pieces and and me and Bay actually went to a dump and dumped it. And it was fun. It was fun because we just literally chucked shit out of the out of the um the trunk and just threw it into this big pile of trash essentially. Yeah. And it was kind of fun. Um and it was also kind of fun because like we didn't know what the hell we were doing and then we did it and you know like we're very accomplishing feeling, yeah. Fuck yeah. And um yeah, and I bought a new bed. So like I bought my I bought my first bed. Um <laughs> and I bought this beautiful um bookcase behind me. It's pretty <laughs> tall. There's like two more shelves that you can't see and two more shelves below as well. It's, I love it. It's great. And so like my room looks a bit different. Um, and that did help. Um, it did help, but it wasn't everything because I still started to feel bad and, um, the bad days were just persisting. And I remember one day in these last few months that I had that I did all of the things that are supposed to help me feel better. I went for a walk. I wrote in my journal. I, I did all of the things and I still felt so awful. I still just wanted to die. Um, yeah, I guess we're going to put a trigger warning for this if anyone yes. like suicidal or anything of that kind of stuff. But I still wanted to die. I, I wanted to die so bad. And all of the reasons that were holding me to this earth the last few months, years, uh, they started to feel like they weren't enough. It started to feel like the reasons that I wanted to hold on, like, oh, well, we'll, we'll just wait for this and just wait for that. And or let's come on, we can make it that they, they just uh, started to lose power. And I was like, I, I need to get on medication because as much as I tried and these things do help, um, it's not a foolproof plan and I feel stuck. And I feel like I can't apply to jobs because I just was just so up and down. And not to say that I'm not up and down now. Um, I've been on medication for three weeks. It's supposed mm -hmm. to, to kick in um, like at a month roughly. So I should be mm -hmm. feeling more of those effects soon. Um, but yeah, I was like, I need, I need some more professional help and that's okay. And so I went and I did that and it was really hard for me because I've had, um, 
I've had people, well, not people, literally just one person, literally just one person. I had that abusive relationship use the word psychiatrist as something to shame me with, as something to make me feel bad about my mental health, as someone who told me that my uh, mental state gave them depression and who villainized my um my mental illnesses who made me feel bad and made me feel like a burden. And it made it really hard for me to reach out to friends because I didn't want to feel like a burden, but I also couldn't do it alone. And so going to a psychiatrist was a big step for me because I could, I could just hear that voice over and over and over again. And, but it was the right decision because at this point I'm like, I'll try anything. And I, I want to live. It's not that I don't want to live whenever I have suicidal ideations. I do want to live, but sometimes my mind just gets kind of strong and I'm just really sad. And I'm extremely exhausted of feeling this way. Don't want to feel this way anymore. And so, yeah, so I made that, that choice, took that step. I'm on meds now um, and I hope that it works. I'm feeling hopeful and I'm currently feeling like my life, I, I, I'm feeling right now, these last two weeks, like my life is actually taking a turn. Like things are actually, you know, gonna get better. Cause I always think about how I'm feeling now. And um, I tell myself, Daniela, you're in school and you wanna go into higher education afterwards. You have goals, you're here. Like, yes, there's all of these other external things that are really frustrating, but this is just right now. This hard time is absolutely going to pass because you're in school. Like it's really actually going to pass this time. Um, but I'm not gonna say it wasn't hard to believe, but it's gonna be nice to look back one day and be like, you were in a really, really hard place and you were having a really hard time, but you pushed through and now we're here. And now you don't have to have a hard time like that anymore. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at and how I'm feeling. And um, yeah, it's just a, a crazy time. I am proud of myself too. I am proud of myself yeah. because um, it was a very big decision and I think it's the right decision. And um, I'm excited to see where my life takes me and what happens. And I'm really happy to be able to share these kinds of things with the public and with you guys and and to be able to do chai's and cheese and world i love chai's and cheese so much i love it so much so i'm really really happy to be back you feel like you're beginning to bloom yes think, yes i'm telling you i the cow and coes they always uh they always speak. I think they always are indicative of a time in my life. Um, so yes, I, I, similar to, you know, feeling like the need, like you're starting to bloom. I have lately beginning, have been beginning to feel like I'm beginning to bloom as well. Sorry, that was too confusing. Point is, I'm beginning to feel like Alegria as well. Like I mentioned earlier that it's uh, really, these kind of plants are really indicative of how I'm doing. But before we get to the blooming stage, I have to kind of like backtrack to where I've been this entire time mm -hmm. so like i mentioned uh you know y'all know I, I moved and everything and that was not the biggest change uh that is probably just i think a casualty of everything else that's been happening in my life so yeah from when you last heard of me um i actually think that the way i had been feeling in the past couple of months uh had been uh, it was a long time coming uh i had been feeling a lot of like we talked you know you mentioned how you were exhausted of like you know you just it was exhausting for you to feel like you we're doing all the right things and really trying, but you felt like it was like, you know, just not something was missing and you can feel burnout from just like emotional exhaustion. You know, we can yeah. feel burnout from that. So I was feeling burnout from just 
literal like external things like things like my job my life like things that were happening you know with my family I I have been carrying this kind of uh I don't want to say burden because that's a bad word um I've been, yeah I've been carrying this weight for like years I think uh I've always struggled um I can't remember a time that I wasn't uh dealing with all of these external things I can't remember a time that I wasn't uh, you know, doing work, school, uh, also, you know, taking care of some family issues, some, you know, financial problems, all the I cannot remember a time when there was not 10,000 things that I had to balance. I can't remember the last time that I was just I'm just chilling. Um, but I've always been really good at like, riding the ups and downs and balancing all that responsibility. But I think even before, uh, uh, before, you know, we got on lockdown, the pandemic began, I had a glimpse of like feeling burnout. I remember I had a glimpse that I was like, I feel like I can't hold this together anymore. I feel like I'm, it, it, this is too much external stress from all these things. And it slowly make it first that you said kind of like, from the exterior right it was like crushing me slowly so before like the exterior was just kind of like getting dented in a little bit very slowly and i could feel the dents pushing in and i was like okay i feel like it's making me like feel some kind of way but then the whole pandemic started went on lockdown i was able to take a break forcibly from life as well um because i wasn't really working too much and so it made me kind of step away i had some time to reflect i had time to do other things and then um midway through you know the pandemic uh work and everything started to pick back up again because you know there we found solutions at least with my workplace on how to still continue to run in accordance to you know guide the COVID guidelines and so we found a way to run still so i was back in work and it was different and it was a lot getting used to and it was something that was new um so i thought okay well like maybe this is the change that i needed maybe this is the change of scenery that i needed and now i can hop back in i've had a break and so I feel like I can jump back on that horse again. And so I did that. I jumped back on the horse again. I jumped back on 100%. And uh, it felt great. I was great for a while. But then slowly at the beginning of the year, I had hopes, you know, I had hopes that I was like, okay, this, this is my year. Like, you know, 2021, this is my year. Good things are happening for me. But I still felt the denting the sides closing in still and I was thinking why is this happening everything is is going good and I feel like but I just felt like the dents were closing in a lot tighter now and I began to feel super tightly wound and uh, like I mentioned experiencing burnout from all of these external factors um yeah I just felt I was under like a, an immense amount of pressure I was always dreading the next day um, I, I, I think I had, I think I mentioned this to, um, my friends and everything at the time, uh, that there was a time in my life, uh, way before pandemic and whatnot, it was around the time that my grandma passed away, that I was also in a really bad place. And I remember that before work, I would like cry in my car and then I just put it together and go into work. And then that that's what I knew was a bad time because I did that way too often. Then I'd cry on my drive home. Then I'd come home and pull it together for a couple of hours. Then everybody would go to bed. Then I'd cry in my room. It was very like this. That's how I was the entire day. So I began to slowly see that start again. 
I was back to crying in my car. Like I would leave my house. This is how insane it is, guys. It sounds, it sounds like what? Like you would think that something would have clicked in my head, but it's just the way we normalize. We talked about rewarding things like being workaholics, being perfectionists. We reward this kind of behavior. We reward the kind of behavior to just push through, just push through. Uh, when my grandma passed away, I did not take a bereavement period. I took the time that it took to take the trip, you know, to El Salvador and have the funeral and get her, she was buried. And then I hopped right back into work and never took a break again. So I, again, I normalized pushing through and just go and keep going. And so I did that, but I could, I remember I would leave my house. I allocated enough time so that I could cry in my car for a little bit and then like pull it back together and go into work like normal. I started allocating time in my schedules to, to break down. And that's when I started to realize something is happening. Like you are like, the dents are no longer out here. You're here, like it's closing in on you. And it was really like difficult because I was out here again, allocating time. And then the time that I wasn't allocating, I was just dreading. Every day felt so long. Every day felt like you know, sometimes I get a break, sometimes I would get, get a break. And I'd be like, you know what, this everything's gonna be fine. Like, for example, the weekends, right? Um, because I had less pressure, because I wasn't at work. So I was off. And so I felt like I had more free time or more time to think. So I would get my thoughts together. And I'd be like, you know what, everything's gonna be great. We'll be okay. You know what, we can do this. And then Sunday would roll around. And I'd spend all of Sunday worrying about the coming week. I'd tell myself, you just got to push through five days, just five days and you can rest again. I don't think you should feel that about your job, no. but I really, I really just thought that that was the way that it should feel that you should feel like you just got to push through. And I was like, you just got to make it through. So I would push through, get to midweek and be like two more days, push through Saturday, feel better Sunday all over again. And that takes a toll on you eventually. And so it took a toll on me eventually. Uh, it was like, this is a, a moment that was like super hard for me. Remember how I mentioned that I used to like allocate time to like my breakdowns and everything. On one of those days that I allocated time to, um, to break down in my car, uh, I didn't, well, I wasn't able to make my, like my deadline of, okay, you got to pull it together, go into work now. Um, no, like I literally broke down and I could not pull it together by that time. Turns out the allocated time was not enough. And so I was like, and I had to like miss work because of that day. And I remember it was really hard. I was like, oh my God, why can't I pull it together? I like had that, that moment. I think you called me or I called I you. did. Yeah. Yeah. I called you. No, I called, I think you happened to call me and I was like, oh, and then I jumped on and I told you, oh my God, like I'm I'm having like a moment at that point. I think I had, I don't remember if I, I was on the phone with you. I, I think I told you, uh, you can't go into work like this. Yeah. I think, I don't know if I'd already told my job yet. I was so late because again, I, again, the allocated time, I went over my allocated time. So I was already late at this point. Um, I needed to communicate with my job that I couldn't go in. And I was like, how, why, why? And I just was freaking out. It was a bad moment. And then eventually, I, you know, of course I did not go into work this day. Um, I came home and of course I had to like, you know, I told my family, like I, they, you know, I was supposed to be at work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what happened? They had just seen me leave. Um, so I had to tell them that I was just like, I, I can't anymore. And the worst part is that I felt okay that night. I felt fine. I came home able to relax I had some food then like around like midnight I was like okay we just had a moment it's okay everybody has a moment tomorrow is a new day 
the next day, you know, my favorite, I always talk about this to Daniela. My favorite song is Tomorrow from uh, Annie the Musical. The sun will come out tomorrow. That song, I love that song. So I live that song. So I was like, tomorrow is a new day. Tomorrow will be better. I woke up the next day and guess what? I was dreading. I was just staring at the clock, thinking of the time that I had to go into work. And I was like, oh, oh no, this is not, this isn't, there is no over for this this you have to make it be over so essentially that moment really made me uh really reevaluate what it is that i am doing like i had like you know reevaluate my career it made me reevaluate um i've always wanted to go back to school uh i've always known that i wanted to do grad school uh, i think i have mentioned it on here before mm -hmm. as well i'm a psychology major my um my bachelor's is in psychology and I, I currently am working in the mental health field. And so I remember that I thought about, I always told myself, I'm going to get, I'm going to apply for grad school. I'm going to apply for grad school. But again, the external things in my life, there was always so many things to balance that out of all things that I was carrying, you have to drop one of those things, right? Cause like you can like use all your force to carry them. I always dropped grad school. I always dropped grad school. Grad school was always a sacrifice that I'd be like, I have to drop it because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, you know, I have to, I, you know, my grandma had passed. So I dropped it. I dropped, I thought I couldn't handle school and work rightfully. So, because I was, I was not, I was not having a good time that year that I was grieving my grandma. I was not in a, a mental state to be in school. Um, but yes, I had, you know, I dropped grad school and I told myself, okay, a year is enough. And then a year, another year passed. And I was just, I was just, I'm like, I guess, unfulfilled in terms of wanting to chase my dreams you know because I knew that was something that I always wanted to do so upon this moment it re I reevaluated that and I realized oh my goodness I think now I have to make this happen <laughs> so I have a friend <laughs> I haven't mentioned this so I have a friend in my life who had recently been making uh things happen in his life and he did a lot of like changes and uh it was just so inspiring I was so inspiring that I told him and I said you know one of the things I admire the most about you is that you make things happen. And of course, you know, I don't, I forgot what he said, but I remember when I later was at home, I echoed that to myself and I realized I make things happen too. Like I've always made things happen. And I admire that in him because it's a quality I admire my, I admire in myself. And so that really inspired me. And I was just like, you know what, we're going to make this happen. We're going to make it happen. Yes, we're having a bad time. We're straight up not having a bad time, a good time right now, but we're going to make things happen. So I decided to change. I was like, you know what? I'm going to change, you know, my, you know, my career field so that I can refocus on what my, my passion is, which was, you know, going back to school. And so I was like, I'm going to change that career field. I need to redirect my entire life. So yeah, I ended up um, leaving uh, my former job uh, because I just felt that, that I needed a job that was going to help me work and redirect towards, um, you know, going back to school because that has always been my priority. And I felt like I put that on the back burner for too long. And so I'm happy to announce that in the fall, I am, I am now enrolled in the grad program. I'm going to be uh, pursuing my master's in psychology. I'm going to be a student again. I'm so happy. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I School is my thing. School has, uh, I, I've always loved going to school. It's been hard. I'm not going to say this because in this time as well, but this, these four months now you put a number to it. I'm like, wow. Oh my God, right? <laughs> In these that's a third four, of a year 
Exactly. I'm like, wow, we've been gone for so long. I was like, oh my God, there's so much to fill you guys in on. So yes, the career change was one of the things. Um, another thing too. So after I, you know, changed my career, uh, I felt a little peace and I felt like, wow, the world is my oyster. I cannot wait to just explore and change things. Change has always been scary for me, but there was something that, uh, in my one of my previous relationships, I told the person I was in a relationship with, I told them, uh, change is good. I, that's the way I started that relationship by saying change is good. And I always echoed that back to them. And I remember that when this moment was happening, I echoed that back to myself and I realized change is good. I am the original person who loves, you know, loves change and uh, who always talked about change being good. So I was super happy that things were changing. So like, I can't wait to change my life. But then life decided to change itself for me uh, because as soon as I decided to change careers, um, uh, suddenly I, we had the, the need to move. My family and I had the need to move um, and we didn't have a lot of time to move. Uh, essentially our old landlord was selling the property. So we had to, we had like two months to, to move. <laughs> it was so stressful. It was. So for those two months, I was out here trying to find a place. If you guys know, uh, living in California, it's, it's not, no, it, housing is one of like the biggest issues out here. Yep. And uh, yes, I, oh my goodness. It was so hard to find a place. It was just, uh, it's very stressful. What's required of you. Um, I always, I don't know if I've mentioned this on here, but there's a language barrier with my parents. So I needed to, t- I was the one taking care of the paperwork making all the calls, going online, booking like the, the viewings, submitting all these things. And so <laughs> It was a lot of work. I am glad that I changed career, decided to like change directions in life and in careers because it allowed me to open up that time to do this. There's no way I could have done this if I was like taking on all those responsibilities that I was before. Now that I took that break from life for a little bit, it really gave me that time too. Cause it was a break, but it wasn't because this yeah. entire time I was, I was like, you know, managing my housing situation. And so yeah, we finally were able to move, which moving was it's a huge thing too. We talked about letting go of things that don't serve us. There's a lot of things that no longer serve us. I got rid of, uh, you know, I'm always a clothing hoarder and everything. I've moved out of, a lot of clothes out of my closet that don't no longer serve me. Um, I do have a lot of clothes still, but I told myself I need to only keep things that serve me. So I did a lot of getting rid of that. Um, yeah, that, that was the moving process. Honestly, this has... <laughs> This whole experience has made me hate moving. I don't know how people love moving. I hate moving. I love moving. <laughs> it took, it took all, all the whole, this whole three-day weekend. It took, I don't know what three-day weekend just passed, but um, it's been, it was recently, Um, but it was like about I a month I think you guys ago. just turned a month. Yeah, we just, we have just moved. Yeah, it's been a month since I've been living here. But yes, last month and on some three day weekend, I know we moved. It took the entire time, the entire time I was living out of boxes. Oh, and we talked about rearranging living spaces and stuff. I was living out of boxes. I was exhausted this entire time. It was just all bad. I didn't know where anything was. <laughs> what I hate about moving is that I don't know where anything is anymore. And my biggest priority, which is a little like strange, but I think it's because we talked about spaces and the, the, the energy they hold, right? Uh, you know, the pink palace at my old place, uh, I was like, I, that energy was very healing to me too. So it was super important that I felt that healing energy in my new location. So yeah, my biggest priority while moving was setting my room back up. That's the first thing I did. I moved everything. I cleaned everything out. I put everything, I packed all my boxes just to be able to set my room up because I needed to feel at peace when I woke up. I feel like I recharge in this room 
And uh, yeah, I feel at peace. I needed to feel at peace so that I could have the energy and I guess the mental capacity to keep going through boxes and working on the rest of the house. So yeah, I worked from inside my room to out because I needed to feel like I had a sanctuary. Like when I closed my door at night, I needed to feel like I knew where everything was. I needed to feel, I guess, stability, right? Stability mm-hmm. and structure. I don't do re- well with stability and structure, um, but I need to have like, a, you know, you always have home base in those games, right? Like yeah. a tag, home base. I always need a home base. I need somewhere to always come, come back to where I know where everything is, where it's all my things, where the energy is mine. Uh, I need that. And so that's what I essentially have been working on was setting this room back up. But yes, and speaking of stability and structure, something else that in those four months, uh, I, re- I did, when you were talking about this, uh, going on your medication earlier, I realized, oh, wait, I don't think I ever talked about this on the podcast. Um, so another thing I came out that I came out that I very much was, uh, that came to like my understanding in those four months was that I think I have undiagnosed ADHD. Oh, I yes. think I might've said this is <laughs> that I might've said this at some point, maybe, cause I have joked about it. Um, but in the time that I was, you know, struggling with, uh, prior before the whole you know legendary breakdown happened in my car before that moment I had moments where I also was struggling to get out of bed I had a lot of um, like I mentioned transition time like I I have a, a lot of need to to disconnect a lot I felt a lot of um things that I thought were just normal or I was just wondering if they were also like depression. I was like, is this depression? I was like, why do I feel this way? I had a lot of interesting needs. I struggled to, to be motivated to do things, uh-huh. um, even if they were just a two-step thing, right? For example, I um, struggled to pay like the light bill. And the light bill is just you call the number, put your card in, that's it. It's just two steps. But I struggled. I'd pay that light bill like so many days late. And I, it would just be sitting there on my on like my table for the longest time. And I used to be like, why don't why do you avoid it? Why are you avoiding this? And I would avoid tasks and I would just be like, what is happening? I thought it was a depression thing. And it wasn't until man, social media, social media is evil sometimes, but sometimes it'd be coming in handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it, I came across a post or like a little reel on Instagram that said, if you do these things and it had somebody acting out the things. And I remember that it, they had the same thing, the laying in bed to avoid tasks, the um, other things that they were like, that they listed off in the video. But I remember the laying in bed to avoid tasks was a very, very huge one for me because if I wasn't allocating enough time to break down in my car, I was laying in bed. I allocated time to lay in bed and avoid going to work. I, it's so weird, but I remember I used to do that. I used to allocate time for that. And I remember that the video started with the person laying in bed, avoiding a task. And I was like, oh, I do this. Oh my God. I was like, and they're like, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, and they're listing things off. And I was thinking, oh God, at the end of the video, they're going to say you have depression. (laughs) That's what I thought. No, the end of the video was like, you have ADHD. And I was like, and then I just like delved deeper into that because, uh, you know, and there, I guess this is probably a topic for the future is ADHD diagnoses is that, um, Uh, The thing with ADHD is that I've always like super excelled in school. Uh, Like I just mentioned earlier, like school has always been my thing. Uh, I've never had problems with focus. I've never had problems with impulsivity. Uh, I'm introverted. So naturally I'm a little more, I'm quiet. You know, I can be talkative. You guys are probably like, what? Excuse me. Um, You don't have problems with impulsivity? I don't think I do. I think your shopping addiction would say otherwise. 
but I have been good. You know, I have been good. The <laughs> fact that I can control it, I think that's the thing. It's like I I have a shopping addiction, but I have been good lately, guys. I need I, need I remind you of the bronzer <laughs> confession? <laughs> yes, the bronzer. Okay, so we have a story for you. We're going to put a, a sticky note. It's a, we're going to put an orange colored sticky note. I like to visualize an orange colored sticky note on a bronzer story, which I'm going to get there about impulsivity. Um, but yes, and so like, uh, yes, like, I don't think I've ever had problems like, you know, impulsivity control, like, you know, people shout out the answers sometimes and ah. things like that. I have never had that kind of uh, issue. I'm naturally more quiet because I'm introverted. I've always enjoyed quieter activities. I've never been, I've never thought myself to be hyperactive. And so when all of a sudden I, I was relating a lot to these like ADHD things, I remember the comments are the funniest things, guys. I love funny videos, but if you guys scroll down to the comments, the comments are funnier in the video sometimes. Mm-hmm. And one of the comments was like, if these ADHD memes don't stop being so relatable, I wish I could have liked that comment a thousand times because it was so funny. I was like, this is so relatable. I was like, is it supposed to be relatable? No, it's only relatable if you have ADHD. That's what I learned. Um, so yeah, essentially I was relating a lot of them. And what I realized I was relating to a lot was things that had to do with motivation. Not so much focus, but motivation. I related to the side of ADHD that, uh, again, has you paying bills extremely late because you don't want to start a task that takes two steps to do. Um, so that's what, that's the side that I avoided, that, that I was like, oh my God, the avoidance of tasks. Um, not like, and I realized the whole structure thing I mentioned earlier, how I need home base and everything. It's really weird for me because normally I don't like structure. I don't like structure in my schedule. Like I mentioned, when I have a busy week, I'm go, go, go. I personally don't like a busy week like that um, because I like to be able to feel like I'm the ruler of my time, right? And not like, so it's really strange. And so I began to realize, oh my goodness, the motivation aspect I did not know was an ADHD related thing. So I essentially, I like looked deeper into that. And then I became, I was like, oh my God, I do all of these things. I do all of these things. And I was like, whoa. So I came to the conclusion, um, of course I'm undiagnosed, but um, I, you know, that's experiences as an undiagnosed person, I think are just as valid as people who are actually di- diagnosed with um, ADHD and, and any other mental disorders. Um, yes. So I came to the conclusion that I think I have undiagnosed mild ADHD. That's what the conclusion I came to. And I think since then, I have been living my best uh, neurodivergent life because I think I fully just embraced this. I don't know if I've been doing it on camera yet, but before we started recording, I was just bang, banging away down here. Uh, Normally, guys, I have, this is what are things that I have always done, but I think, um, I've always been like, oh, these are weird quirks of mine. So I yeah. don't want to talk about it's- them. I have stims. Uh, I have stims, guys. I do things like this and I do strange things. And I've always done them off camera because I thought these were just weird things that I did. Um, and that I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. So I would kind of hide that. And ever since coming to that conclusion that I, you know, that I think I have ADHD, I've just been way more accepting of telling people like my boundaries, like, for example, my cold thing, I was going to put my jacket on. But the reason why I hesitate with this is that I also have problems with temperature regulation. Of course, that's a neurodivergent thing. I'm cold, then I'm hot, then I'm cold and hot. And so that's why I have like jackets and blankets all over the place, because it's I, I definitely think I have that. And I think those are things that I used to just make like excuses for or maybe hide them a little bit because I'm like, oh, they're just weird things that I do. But then I, I'm a picky eater. Um, textured things are like my thing. Yeah, I love to just, obviously, I'm slipping. I love to touch textured things. And so 
Yeah, I started to realize I suddenly fell into that. So I have been living my best neurodivergent life. There have been mm-hmm. crazy ups and downs in my life, but that's probably an up in my life is uh, living my best neurodivergent life. <laughs> yeah, and I actually, um, it's funny that she mentioned the pen thing because when we mm-hmm. first started doing uh, the podcast, uh, stimming is like a very big thing that people with ADHD too. Mm-hmm. And I do it a lot too. I do it with my feet or I do it um, by scrolling and all this. I, I, I really do think that you have ADHD. It makes mm-hmm. so much sense. But as you can see right now, for those of you who are- so, yeah, <laughs> she's tapping her um her mm-hmm. pen in her lap. But one thing she used to do, like in the very first times of our um of our um podcast that she didn't notice was uh, she would tap the leg of of the stool that she was in, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Girl, you're let." I could just hear going dunk 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 dunk, um, which I have that habit too. Um, but it's 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 so funny. And actually, something that I like, I also took a note. But unlike oh. Bay, I took a physical note because <laughs> my end of ADHD is I can't retain anything and whatever Mm -hmm. I retain memory wise I have no choice over it like I it's just it's hard for me to retain things so I write notes down and it makes so much sense because we talk so much and the way that we interact feels very natural to me and I don't know how to interact with neurotypical people I feel so awkward like same I've also been embracing my neurodivergence and just being the weird person that I am Mm -hmm. because like honestly it's fun Honestly, it's so much fun. But the note that I took down was, it's funny that we took a four month break, but really the break started a month ago. (laughs) Because although we took a four month break, it wasn't really a break because we were so busy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they um, left their job and then um, started looking for a house. And I remember you being so, put your jacket on. I could hear you shivering. I know, I'm cold. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, also, I'm mom. Hi, guys. I'm very mom. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. And then for me, like I was in school and because of like my ADHD and my depression, I was also struggling a lot with motivation. And that sucked because I actually really, really liked my teachers and my classes, but I just, I couldn't get myself to do things. And I was like, oh man, I don't want my mental health and my neurodivergence to mess with my school because I'm really passionate about this and I wanna do this, but I'm having a hard time doing this. I was like doing school and that was extra hard and lots of doctor's visits and all that stuff. And I feel like the full break started like a month ago. And um, honestly, it's been nice. It's been yes. nice to, to, to have a break. Like on, on Wednesday, when we filmed stuff after filming, we just sat there and were lazy. We had in and out, we watched Lizzie McGuire. It was so, it was so nice. And yeah, that's, that's kind of, honestly, that's, that's what we've been up to lately. And mm-hmm. we're very excited to be back here and to be able to get things rolling again. And um, the podcast coming out will not be coming out on a weekly basis uh, because we are both going to be full-time students and we're both Mm -hmm. you know currently on a job hunt so um we need to set up a realistic time with this so you'll be seeing videos out on um uh, twice a month and Mm -hmm. we'll be doing some mini pods here and there on our instagram so you want to make sure that you follow our instagram everything is uh at world underscore feriela um I'm sorry, of underscore Feriela. And you can see that all the links will be down below for our social medias and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's all that we have for today. Yes, guys. So you came for the chai, but stayed for the cheese, man. Mm -hmm. Right? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes. Uh, if you enjoyed this cheese man, then you definitely should like, share, and subscribe to. Sorry, like this video, share the video, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is also World of Feriela. Obviously, you guys are here, so y'all know where to hit the buttons. Y'all know where to get all that. Um, and yeah, like Daniela mentioned, definitely like follow us on Instagram. And our personal Instagrams will also be on the description. Yes, yes. in the description. <laughs> As you can tell, guys, I'm rusty. <laughs> it's so, been yeah. four months it's been, it's been four months so yes um how is your chai doing oh my hold on chug time mm -hmm. it's done that was some world-class chugging uh so yes that mine is done too i finished like halfway through this is a world record i never i never finished my chai um so yes the chais are done and so is this cheese me ciao hello Bye. Bye.